Hello and welcome to the Celtic Down Under podcast. I'm your host, Jared, and joining me tonight are John and Sean. How are you, John? I'm good. I'm freezing. It's so cold in Sydney right now. It's like 11 degrees. Baltic. Heat wave in Glasgow, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, is it? Oh, man. I'm saying 11 degrees in Glasgow, a heat wave during the middle of the football season. Oh, for sure. 100%. Anything above 13, taps off. <laughs> John? Uh, yeah, I was also going to comment on the weather and, and how cold and how glorious it is. Uh, I wasn't <laughs> having a, a suit with John. I'm really enjoying this cold weather. <laughs> suffering, suffering through that summer and uh, now, now it's my time to shine. Well, you know, it's the off-season, so maybe we've got to just rebrand the podcast for the next few weeks of the Celtic Down Under, you know, meteorology podcast or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the way we started this off. So, yeah, we've got Liam will be joining us a bit later on in the podcast as well. He's currently doing a Japanese lesson, so that'll be good fun to get him on for part of the pod anyway. So, as we discussed on last week's podcast, we said this will be our season review of the unfortunate 10-in-a-row debacle season that we've just all gone through. So get yourself a stiff drink, pause the podcast, make sure you get that drink, subscribe, come back, be ready to go because this could get a little ugly. (laughs) So um, we'll just get stuck straight in. So season started in August where we played against Hamilton, beat them 5-1, one all against Killy, 6-0 in the Champions League against KR Reykjavik, 1-0 1-0 against Dundee United, 2-1 Ferenc Varos in the Champions League, and then the 3-0 win against Motherwell. So what we're going to do for each month is we'll go through the results and then we'll just have a chat about how we were thinking the season was going at that point and, um, yeah, go from there. So we'll throw to you first, John. What was your thoughts on the month of August? Well, I think... Um, it goes without saying this was a disappointing start, um, at, at least for European football for us. I think it had been, this was our third attempt at trying to get into the Champions League group stages and we hadn't done it again. And that's a big, it's obviously a big deal for us, right? It's a lot of money. It really sort of sets up our next year or two, whether we get into Champions League or not, players and finances and all that stuff. Um, I think we uh, at this point, though, we probably gave Lennon benefit of the doubt. It's quite difficult coming straight in and, and then getting into the Champions League group stages. So I think happy domestically, um, but Euro- European football was obviously a massive disappointment that we got um, put into the, the Europa League playoffs again. And what was your thought, Sean? Yeah, that August was... A time of optimism, time we were top of the league. The only time we were top of the league when we took Hamilton 5-1. And then it all kind of started off after we finished Faros. We had those 28 shots and only converted one. So that you know that was that was when it all started to go wrong. Confidence started to crack. Spaghetti arms and goals show themselves. I think it was probably the last time Mohammed showed his face and Ernest. Yeah. Yeah. Jared? Yeah, it was a, um interesting one, like the start of the season. 
I was like, okay, keen up for it. It's going to be a good season. We've recruited well. Well, that's what I thought at the time, along with a lot of other Celtic fans all thought that. Um, the 6-0 and the 5-1 results, a couple of big results there. Hard-fought win against Dundee United away. And then the Ferran result was the first warning sign. Um, wasn't ideal. And um, off the back of that, then we went into a bit of a long, long, I think it was eight-game winning streak. But, yeah, at that point, I was still confident. I was a bit disappointed with how Ferran Tavares' result went. But thought, it's early days. It's a one-on-one. It's a one-legged game. Not ideal. But we could push forward. But, yeah, nothing. no alarm bells were going at that point in time. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, apart, apart from the finish Varos thing, no. Then we went into September where we played five games. So it was a 5-0 win against Ross County away, 2-1 win away against St. Mirren, 3-2 away at home against Livingston, 1-0 against Riga in the Europa League, and 3-0 at home against Hibernian. So, um, yeah, it was a pretty low-key month. I don't really – there was nothing really there jumping out at me Memories of the season, like any of these games standing out. Anything stood out to you, boys? Um, the only real thing that stood out, I think, at the time for this was um, Ayeti. Everyone was quite was getting. Um, there was a lot of encouragement with where he was playing at that point. Um, we thought we might have had someone as a as a good backup to Edward there, um, but apart from that, no, I don't think so. It wasn't that the when we had our podcast, the abominable goal man. Is that is that the one? Quite that possibly, time? Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Quite I remember possibly. it was the start of that kind of. I can't remember how many games in a row we won, but it was after the Ferencvaros one. I think like eight games in a row we won, something like that. Yeah, which was yeah. mostly September. And uh, one thing that sticks out for me that I'd written about in the article was that Neil Lennon won Manager of the Month in September. Yeah. Yep, so, there you go. There you go, yeah. <laughs> that, that That's a thing that happened. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, after beating Hibs 3-0 and stuff like Livingston even, was a tough game. But even that, that Livingston game actually stuck out in my head at the time because I remember we, it was three, even though it was, we won 3-2, I remember in the last minute Livingston had a, a free header in the box and it was because Brown and McGregor hadn't tracked the midfield runner and the guy just... Like stuffed up, so even like during that eight game winning streak, we weren't exactly convincing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know yeah. it's the next month, but the St Johnston one where we had scored two last minute goals, and the Livingston one where we were lucky. St Mirren two one away was uh, what missed a penalty stuff like that. Like we weren't exactly convincing. Even that five 0 against Ross County, we weren't convincing. Like, and if you read. Kettlewell's post-match, if you remember his post-match for that game, he was saying like County were the better team <laughs> you know, after losing 5-0 yeah. yeah he had penalty to Edward early on Ayeti kind of scored in the 20th and then Duffy, Aya, Klamoa from the 59th through to the 75th minute so mm-hmm. yeah it was a bit the game was a lot closer and tighter than that looked when the score looks at the end looking back at it now yeah, for sure. Then we rolled into October with a 1-0 win away against Sarajevo. 
2-0 away against St. Johnson. 2-0 at home against that mob. 3-1 loss away. At home. Oh, at home, yeah, actually, sorry. I was looking at the wrong line there. Again, mm. Against Milan. 3-0 at Aberdeen and 2-0 at Lille. So anything stand out there other than the Rangers game? Because we can, we can go on about that. What stood out in the Rangers game was that we didn't get a single shot on target, which was fucking abject. I know that you know we had a lot of players out, well, at least four. I think I remember we discussed at the time our three top scorers from the the year before were all not available for that game, but it still doesn't really excuse not having a, a single shot on target when you've got like eight million pounds of talent up front, kind of thing. Uh, the Milan one was just a repeat of the Copenhagen game where we get back into it, chuck players forward and then lose it. And then uh, the Aberdeen 3-3, again, that was... All of this, like, this season has been like bottle where we, you know, lose it late in the game. That was McGregor gave away the late penalty, wasn't it? For Aberdeen to equalise. Oh, yeah. And I think the Lille game, we were 2-0 up. And then we chucked yep. it away. In the second half, so again, it's yeah. this kind of theme of losing, chucking away leads, or not, not even like chucking away draws as well. Do you know what I mean? Like we were just kind of feeble, yeah. The feebleness kind of came in that month. This was this was the in hindsight the month that a lot of fans said, or, or we all felt it as if this wasn't quite right. Like there was, like you're saying, there's so much fragility. At Celtic, um, and even though we were having, there was obviously a lot of debate because you know, arguably we we um, there was reasons why we lost against uh, Rangers, and nobody had high expectations of beating a team like Milan. Um, but yeah, this is I absolutely agree. This is kind of like Christ. We're starting to see uh, real weaknesses in our defence and and. Um, the t- overall team mentality, really. Going 2-0 up against Lille and then losing that was... It, it was it was mental. It was absolutely mental. Yeah, this was the month where I, I started, as you said, John, I started to have my doubts for Lenny's future. I thought it was after the, 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 the Rangers result into the Milan when you can live with throwing guys forward to try and get a result. But then it was the Aberdeen result. That was the one for me where I started looking at going, yeah, if he has a few more results this way, he's out the door. So that's yeah, thing that stood out to me there. I mean, objectively speaking, drawing against Lille away is a very good result, but it was the it was the manner in which that that pretty much felt like a loss, which we shouldn't have won. That we should have won. Right. Sorry, yeah. Would you, and it, it's very strange that we went from Lennon winning manager of the month straight into the next month, and we're all like, you know. This is not quite right, sort of stuff. But as Sean was saying for the last month, that there was a lot of close results. There was yeah. ones like three twos and one nils and late goals and stuff like that. So, you know, the scoreboard wasn't telling the full story. Looking back at it now with hindsight, yeah, even absolutely. though we weren't, even though we weren't playing well in that spell of eight wins, we were, we still had that resilience which we've had in previous years. You know, the quote unquote thing stuff that champions are made of. But then they just kind of that. I don't know if you remember. There was the international break, 
that separated those eight wins, mm-hmm. and then that capitulation to Rangers. And I don't know, they just because we had like four players out with after you know COVID related uh, injuries, uh, they just seemed to get a kind of I don't know, a, oh poor me, uh, woe is me attitude from that point on, and never really recovered from it. Agree with you 100% on that. So then into November, we had a 2-0 win against Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup. We had 4-1 a home loss to Sparta Prague, a 4-1 away win against Motherwell, 2-0 draw away against Hibs, 4-1 away against Sparta Prague, and then in the Brett Fred Cup, 2-0 loss to... Ross County at home. So I think I'll just say it the easiest way. November was a shit show. <laughs> it's probably the nicest way to sum it up. There's like how many goals did we, how many clean sheets we we keep? One mm. in a month out of six games. Like, we? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Aberdeen. Oh, did we get one? Oh, Aberdeen. Good. Right, okay, sorry. Yeah, the cup. One clean sheet, that's it. Yeah. So... Yeah, it was disappointing. The Sparta-Prague games, going into our Europa League group, you looked at Sparta-Prague and probably thought, yeah, that's the one we should be picking up some points against. And to get absolutely scudded 4-1 in both games, not good enough. So, yeah, throw over to you, John, with your thoughts on that month. Yeah, fucking embarrassing month. I think this um, confirmed a lot of fears for... um, Celtic fans after October. This was just complete confirmation. This is all going to fucking shit. Um, Embarrassing. For me, the fact that when we lost against Prague, first game, I thought it was going to be very difficult for us to leave the group. So that was just, for me, our European football done with. We should should have won that game. We shouldn't have played that way. It was embarrassing to watch. And then to get um, beat by County in in the cup as well. Unacceptable loss. To be honest, um, yeah, really, really bad month at this point. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to even pick out the worst. Uh, I don't, do you know, I'm just looking through it. I think Ross County 2 0 at home in the cup. Uh, for me, that was, I was almost 100% on the Lennon out at that point, you know, before the actual protests when the league was chucked. But because it, it, we were all kind of, what was that, the 36th game? If we'd won that, it would have been 36 games in a row or something, cup games. Yeah. Mm. So that was the 36th one in that run, and I was kind of taking a very sanguine, like, um, well, all good things must come to an end view at that point, but, you know, that quickly wore off uh, once the league started to get impacted. That to each game against Hibs, we were pretty fucking inept in that game. That was a Laxalt last-minute equaliser. And even the the one where we beat Motherwell, the only league game we actually won that month, uh, yeah, again, we were kind of lucky. Like, it was two late goals when we were under the gun, you know? Yep. When we, when we really wanted uh, a response in that game, that was that was one of the things that we talked about at the time. We've just, we've just been embarrassed in Europe. We need a fucking response. And we didn't. Yeah. Not really. Not, not to the... I mean, look, we, we it was a win, right? Fucking one of the only wins in the month, but um, 
I think what we expect as a response um, from a team like Celtic is different from any other team where you can't just win. You have to win the Celtic way. You have to, you have to show your personality and we didn't do that. You've summed it up perfectly there. It was um, yeah, massive disappointment of a month and then you go into December. So an away 4-2 loss to Milan, one all at home against St. Johnson, 3-2 at home against Lille, 2-0 at home against Killy, 3-0 against Hearts in the Scottish Cup. So that's last season, so let's just skip that. 2-0 at home against Ross County. 3-0 away against Hamilton and a 3-0 home win against Dundee United. So it was a busy month in December. A few results there, but the main ones that jump out to me, easiest one to sum it up with a lot would be Celtic 3, Lille 2. Like that was it's good to see some of the younger guys playing. Good result. And when you look at it with hindsight now that Lille just won the French League, that's a great result. But in the when it happened, it was still like seemed like you're putting a band-aid over a cut and you know, seeing what's gonna happen. It didn't really seem like a a lot was gonna change off the back of that. Yeah, the two there's two results in the space of a week there that really probably the best of the season the best of times, the worst of times, you know. That win against the French champions and the the draw at home to St. Johnson, which pretty much was the final straw for all Celtic fans and particularly the ones that attacked the team bus. And and look, you could if I if you're one of the people attacking the team bus, then you could look at the five wins in a row that followed that attack and say, well, you know, we we that was the right thing based on the turnaround and results. Um, but. Uh, yeah, even four clean sheets in a row in the league in December. Yeah, look, on paper it looks good. Uh, it's just that Johnson game was killer. And as you say, the Leo game probably was the best result of the season. Yep, I I, I totally agree. Um, and I think at this point, there was very strong pressure to get a different manager in. And a lot of conversation about we need to get a manager in now to give them an opportunity to put their own mark on the team and um, buy players that they want and all that stuff. And the longer we leave it, the less likely it should ever happen sort of stuff. Um, And again, on paper, it seems like it's not a bad month, but we all watched it and it just wasn't the standard what we were used to 12 months before. Or, or, or six months, but ten months before, something like that. Um, it was just wasn't good enough. I think um, beating Lille is a good result, no matter what. If even if we're at our uh, um, at fifty percent, our best beating Lille, who we all saw we should be beating, and then they've gone away and won the French league. It's, that's a that's a brilliant result. But also giving away giving away um, another win. We were up 2-0 against Milan and then just, and and I remember uh, the Milan coach saying, don't worry, don't worry when we scored our second goal as if he knew that we, we were going to fuck up defensively. Of course he knew. And they go away. We've been doing it all season. 
we were good to 60 minutes and then we just always drop off towards the end there. When previous seasons, we were the team that was scoring goals in the 80th to the 90th minute mark where and running circles, around, especially under Rogers. And then you look at it at this point of the season under Lennon and we look like we're three months into or four months into a season and our guys are unfit still. It was ridiculous. I mean, it, it said so much that that manager reacted that way. Just calm down. Don't worry. That said, that that has to have been one of the most embarrassing things that I've watched as a Celtic fan. Yeah, that, 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 that was the impression. Really, I think really I'm great. actually going to chuck something in here, chucking a grenade. If you look at those three, the, those final three games in December, 2-0, 3-0, 3-0 wins, and that's the games where we had Griffiths and Edward up front together, in which we hadn't had before this, this season until then. Yeah. Yeah. And then we go into the, the first game of the new year, which I'm sure you'll cover in a minute, Jared. And we've got Griffiths and Edward up front together again. And we're absolutely dominating it for an hour until we get reduced to 10 men. But that's it. So those three, three and two thirds of a games where we had Griffiths and Edward up front were the best form we had really in the league anyway, all season. Was that January 1-0 loss to Rangers? Was that the one where they didn't have a shot on target, but they yeah. won the game goal? Correct. Yep. Yeah, so we they, they beat us when we didn't have a shot on target, and they also beat us when when, when they didn't have a shot on target. That's, That's some fucking bizarre stats, isn't it? Bizarre mm-hmm. world. Yeah, yeah that was it. That was the only time we got to see 2020 Celtic. You know, the, the nine-in-a-row team was those three-and-a-half games. Yeah. I mean, and oh, I, I don't know how far I want to go with this, but that, um, if Griff was fit and remained fit, then we would have been able to continue with those uh, with them up front, but he clearly wasn't there. So, did he let us down or not? You know, don't know if it's solely on his shoulders. But yeah, we've discussed it enough during the season, so I'll just let that one yeah. peter out and fester or whatever. And everyone, all the listeners' minds, they can make up their own decision. So, the rest of January was, as we touched on, Rangers won Celtic nil at home, actually at Ibrox. Sorry. And it was one all at home against Hibbs, nil all at home against Livy, two all away at Livy, two nil at home against Hamilton, and St Mirren two Celtic one at home. First time they'd beaten us at home in what thirty something years, thirty one years or something like that. Lenny out. That went ballistic at that point. There, Twitter blew up. Everyone wanted him out at that point in time. If they hadn't already wanted, that was pretty much the final straw. Yep. Yep. Shit show of a month. One win in six. Leak done. Yep. All over. Yep. I mean, and, and the biggest thing about this month is um, if you draw too many games in Scottish League, you've you fucking given up the title. You could just can't do that. You can't be you can't be drawing three games in a row. It might as well be losses. And where's Dubai fit in after the Rangers result and before the Hibs game? So and that really worked out. We went to Dubai, and yeah, that was a waste of time and money, as you put in the article, Sean. That it's up on the website. It's um that was a waste of time and money, and that basically ended the season for us. Yeah, I mean, I think we've said it all. Like Cameron Harper comes in and gets his Celtic career ruined by, you know, he plays 
what an hour up front has out of position, plays shit, as as does the rest of the team, and a couple months later he's off. Like, you know, that's <laughs> like that 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 didn't just kill our season; it killed his Celtic career, and you know, other players have similarly not really recovered since then. Oko Flex unseen um, since uh, who's other one? The, the, one of the bizarre things looking back was that, that Luke O'Connell still couldn't get a game when there's 14 players out, you know, or whatever it was, 13. And the weird part yeah. as well was we called back Robertson and then didn't play him. Yeah, but give him, like, 10 minutes. Him back from loan. You could have just kept him on loan at the club he was at and played Luke O'Connell. Pure anyway. panicky stuff, wasn't it? That's what that was. <laughs> just pure panic. Shambolic. So into February, Celtic 4, Killy nil away. Then it was at home, 2-1 win against Motherwell. A away 4-0 win against St. Mirren. An away 2-1 win over the double cup winners, St. Johnson. Have to throw that in there because Rangers only got one trophy. They got two. Deal with it, bitches. <laughs> uh, Celtic 1, Aberdeen nil. Then a 1-0 loss to Ross County away, and then a 1-0 home win against Aberdeen. So anything stick out to you there, John? Um, I mean, a bit a, a good month, um, I guess, uh, in the grand scheme of things. But um, and this was where you know we want everybody wanted Lennon out, but there was enough of the old guard that was sort of saying, "Well, look, see." this is what you can do when you give him the chance and stuff. And it's like, well, you know, uh, fair enough. Yeah, it, it was a good month for the team and stuff. All I was but, hearing for those people was blah, 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 blah. Yeah. At that point in time, there was nothing anyone could say to me to change me to their, that point of view where Lenny should have stayed. Nothing yeah. The same ballpark. Yeah. When you, when you look at his six wins and one loss, so if Lennon hadn't lost that game to Ross County, he probably wins February manager in a month. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, good results. Yeah. Good, good results throughout, yeah. And, but yeah, but so all those previous shitty runs and shitty results and it's that one loss to Ross County in the middle of uh, six wins that cost them as, that caused the like, to quote-unquote resign. Like, yep. come on. Are we, are, we, are, we are we supposed to believe that? Come on. He didn't resign. Let's be, let's be real here. Yeah. The old, the old Lurgan Klopp was too, um, you know, too stubborn for that shit. Was it just getting too close to season ticket renewal? They're like, oh, we need to do something oh. here. Maybe seem to be doing something. Perception yeah, is reality, fortunately. Yeah. All right. Into March we go. Two games. Really? I didn't realise it was that bad. Well, oh, it was there. the games that we missed out on because we got knocked out. That's right. Oh, because cup games, right? Okay. No, was it? Or was it international? International, maybe. There's definitely internationals, but that doesn't account for. No, no, there's a two week gap there, so <laughs> no big deal. That's just yeah. how the whole whole season blends together. Let's be honest. I know. <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember when the cup final was. Konnichiwa, Liam's son. Or Genki Deska. Chotoskareteru. 
I'm knackered. <laughs> knackered? How are we doing, lads? Brilliant. Good. We're good. Now you're here. We're up to the March season review. So up to that yeah, part. Yeah. So the two games, so there was a nil-all draw away at Dundee and a one-all draw at home against Rangers. So Undefeated. Undefeated in March. <laughs> Result. Two points for the month. So we'll... Um, any of those, anything there you want to discuss, boys? Throw to you, John. Ah, oh, Christ! Only decent result against them, I guess. The only That's one we didn't it. lose. Only one we didn't lose. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't much going on that month, so um, yeah, we just rolled into April then, and the four games then. So we had Scottish Cup game, Celtic three, Falkirk nil. We had a six nil win over Livingston at home in the league. A Scottish Cup defeat at Ibrox 2-0 and a one-all draw away against Aberdeen in the league. What stood out to you, Sean? Uh, Well, the Scottish Cup, obviously. Uh, You know, Livingston 6-0 was our biggest win of the season and you think, oh, cool, got a bit of optimism going into this Scottish Cup game against, against them and then that's pretty quickly undone when Midget in his mid thirties scores an overhead kick, and uh, Stephen Kenny then chucks in an own an own goal for good measure. Uh, Stephen Kenny, <laughs> yeah, uh, and we didn't really look like. Uh, I mean, Edward got that penalty that he was saved as well. And to be honest, I don't think anyone really felt like he was going to score it when he was taking it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. They won each game against Aberdeen, barely even registers in my memory. It was just, once we were at the cup, it was like, yeah, whatever. Everything's done. Yep. Just completely numb to results at this point. I think that's probably fair to say. Yeah, I, I don't even know how much I could enjoy the 6-0 win. It's just, it was nice, but, you know, like I say, numb to most results. What about you, Liam? What stands out to you from any of those games? Well, I think it goes without saying. So let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a. Um, I agree with what you said, John. I was just counting the days and just wasn't really paying too much attention. Don't remember too much detail there. And then we got our last three games in May. So we had a 4 1 away loss at Ibrox, a 4 0 home win on Bruni Day against St. Johnson. And then finish the season with a nil old draw over at Easter Road. So, anything stand out to you is there? Uh, Sev- Sevco conceded a, a penalty I forgot to mention in that last one, Edward. That was their first domestic penalty. In, or Actually, sorry, no. The first league penalty they conceded was in end of April, start of May against St. Johnston. So, they went a year and three months without conceding a, a league penalty. Uh... Yeah, that 4-1 game, like, uh, that was kind of our last hope of kind of having something to cheer about. And, yeah, it was over pretty quickly. Uh, 4-0 against St. Johnson Reserves meant nothing. And, you know, 0-0 against Hibs was just attending the funeral of the season. It was actually a perfect summary for how the season went, the nil-all game, because... It was wasteful, it was boring, it was uninspired football, and it summed up everything that had happened the whole season before that. Mm. Yep. Just a 
a whole month of just summing up our season. Shite. You got anything you want to add, Liam? Uh, I will second the shite. Yeah. <laughs> um, not really much you can say about it. a dismal end to a dismal campaign. Yeah. Rather, rather than the cherry on top of the cake, it was the fly on top of the shite. <laughs> yep. That's it, exactly. Uh, brilliant. So that's the end of the season review on that one there. So what I want to touch on quickly is before we go into it, if we had to quickly pick our young player of the year and player of the year, let's quickly just end it on that. And then we'll go for Celtic only, not for the league. Mm -hmm. And then we'll move on to the quiz you've got, Sean, Mm -hmm. and then we'll go from there. Cool. Uh, Young player, I'd actually, so when I did, I did vote in this, you know, Celtic got slaughtered for, Posting this in a pretty poorly timed uh, player of the year vote, uh, I'd actually voted for a uh, Welsh purely because I kind of took the view that being young wasn't enough to be a Celtic young player of the year. You kind of had to be an academy product. But um, based on the short list that they gave us, uh, yeah, it would be turnable. Yeah. Player of the year. Uh, oh, sorry. Player of the year, I'd voted for Ayer. Hmm. Well, my votes would be exactly the same there. I had Turnbull as young player of the year, Ayer as player of the year. John's doing the old stroke of the beard, having a think here. Yeah, so. I was, yeah. <laughs> I think um, I would agree with uh, Turnbull. I think Welsh makes a lot of sense, sure. I think I think Turnbull um, overall was probably my young player of the year. And I would probably say... Uh, Elginusi maybe as my player of the year it's a tough one because they're all pretty shit hmm. yeah I think he was did he not do quite well and I think there was a ratings thing that had him like second or third uh, behind Ayer and I, I I can't remember who else was up there Turned I can't off. give I can't give a defender player of the year that's just not in me well, look, in this season, uh, Endeavour is enough to win it for you. Yeah. And, and he was, Ayer was the only one that really had showed any of that, so. Yep, very true. What do you think, Liam? I, I mean, it's hard to argue with Ayer. I'm, I'm tempted to give it to Barkas just for the comedy value, but <laughs> um, no. Uh, I prob- probably Ayer. Um Honourable mention for Stephen Welsh when he came into the team, he did quite quite well as well. Um, young player Turnbull, unquestionably. Um, but what concerns me is had had we not been as rank rotten as we were around about November time, would Turnbull have even got in the team this year? You know, that's yeah. another question. Well, once Lennon left, yeah, obviously, but. But, I mean, running up to that, you know, it was clear, I'd say from about September onwards, that the team needed to be drastically freshened up. And uh, Turnbull was left kicking his heels for another six to eight weeks before he actually got a run in the team. I see we only have one player in the Scotland under-21 team, and that's Welsh. No one else. There's like four Sevco players and only one Celtic player. 
It yeah. says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. It's two Man City players, one Liverpool, one Celtic, and four Sevco players. There's even a player from Bilbao who only play Basque players. So there's literally a Basque <laughs> player in the Scotland under 21 team. Oh, God. He's got a Scottish mum. John's trying to make sense of this now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys listening could see a video that we've got going at the moment, John's head was just like a bubble head. He's looking like Please, John, don't have your head explode. Like, yeah, his his yeah. first name is Ewan, and then his second name's like Urain or something. That's some Spanish surname. But I, I'm assuming his dad's Basque and his mum's, because he's born in the Basque country, and his mum's Scottish. But it's just because of the Bilbao thing, you know? <laughs> it was like when I seen it in the list, I was like, Bilbao, wait, that's surely a mistake. <laughs> Maybe he's so loyal to Basque that he won't. He refuses to represent Spain, so he's playing for Scotland in protest. Uh, get on, yeah, yeah, rebel legend. <laughs> That's right. Well, he would be a Fenian, wouldn't he? Because that would be the Quinta Brigada. Yeah, to be. We, we right. sell to better not sign, and we've got enough issues with Palestine without dragging Eta into it as well. <laughs> 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 All right, Sean, we'll throw to you for your quiz. Okay, uh, right, so just a quick few questions. Okay, hopefully some few easy ones. Who was the top scorer in league competition in Scotland? Not at Celtic, just at any any uh, club. In Scotland, yeah, whole of Scotland. Who was the top scorer? Uh, uh, Edward. Tavernier. Yeah, Edward. It was Edward with 18 uh-huh. goals. Uh, he was four ahead of the next nearest, which would be Nesbitt, Roof, and um, Liam Boyce at Hearts were the next, uh, all in 14. Uh, okay. Who scored the winning penalty for Celtic in the Scottish Cup final? Chris Oyer. Yep. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jared, it was uh, Chris Oyer. I didn't give uh, Yes. Smashed it in. I, I was just walking it, watching it back for my article, and I hadn't realised that Hearts had actually scored their first three penalties. And then Connor Hazard, the, the legend. Yeah, <laughs> so they scored their first three, and then we missed our third to make it three-two. So they only had to score their next two penalties to win the cup, and Hazard saved them both. Oh, I remember that. That was yeah. I was very impressed. Yeah, it was, it was game over at three-two, and then yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Just managed Celtic. to go off. So does that mean we blame Connor Hazard for Lenny staying around as long as he did? He <laughs> <laughs> nah, got the treble, which meant he stayed longer and he didn't get the arse. I think um, there might have been a bit of that. There might have been a bit of that. <laughs> okay. Uh, which team won Scottish League 2? The, the fourth tier. Queen's Park. With Luke O'Connell starring. Queen's Park. Yeah, okay. Cool. Queen's Park it is. Good on them if they did. I, I don't know. <laughs> it was Queen's Park. Uh, after turning professional for the first time last year, uh, they did uh, win League Two. They, they've quoted that they have ambitions to be the third team in Scotland. So in Scotland. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, well, the, Liam Dempster's is the... the Oh, what's the word? She's the, 
yeah, she's a Peter Lawwell. And and the, the, even though they won the league, the manager was uh, quote unquote mutually consented uh, out of the team because it's, it's they basically said, oh yeah, that's we needed you for this season to get us up, but we're restructuring now. So thanks, uh, see you later. Uh, we have bigger ambitions. But yeah, they're, they'll be playing against Clyde, so there'll still be a Glasgow Derby in League One next year. <laughs> Won't they be Thistles uh, there as well? Did they not win League One? I think they did. I think they're up yeah. in the Championship now. Oh, okay, yep. there you go. I thought Thistle sucked again, but there you go. Clearly I was yeah. wrong. Uh, yeah. In fact, the okay. Scottish Championship looks good this year, next year. Well, on that subject, do we want to get into this subject about plastic pitches while we're at it? Do it. So now we're on, now that the Kilmarnock and Hamilton have been pumped down, mm-hmm. we've now got only one plastic pitch in the top flight, and we need an 11 to 1 vote to make it compulsory to have a grass pitch. Ah, uh, here we go. We're going to have 11 teams grass pitches. So it's going to happen. It should, it's going to bankrupt Livingston, though, isn't it? If that happens, it's going to bankrupt Livingston, surely, because they'd have to wrap up their whole system. Whatever, man. Celtic pay them the money, man, just to avoid paying in that, playing in that pitch twice a year, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 100%. Aye, aye, I'd agree with that, actually. Yeah. fields or something, what, we're doing at, what are we doing at Barrowfield, replacing fields and stuff down there, relaying them and whatever. Let's give them that turf. There you go. Yeah. Sorted. <laughs> Next. <laughs> I mean, it, it wouldn't be... I mean, it's very, very left-wing, um, but it, it, if we it's were like all... Yeah, but if all the clubs were to put in money to to whoever, um, uh, the SFA or whatever, and then there'll be like a pot of money. If you can't afford to the, the entire upkeep for a season to have a grass pitch, well, here's a little bit of your grant money sort of thing. That's just to avoid injury to all the other teams. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I don't even think you need to go into injury. It's just the quality of product that you get on it, you know. And look, yeah, how many games... Most games this year that were postponed were on AstroTurf. Like, yeah. there's more postponed games on AstroTurf than there was on grass. So, These so-called all-weather. Yeah. That means, that means we could sign Jose, bring him back so he actually has a club and have a centre-back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, that's <laughs> where we've come to. Jose. Yeah. Okay, uh, uh, next question. Which two ex-Celtic players featured in the Aberdeen 8 COVID breach? Hayes. Uh, uh, Johnny, Johnny Hayes. Hayes. Dylan McGeoch. Yeah, that's it. Johnny Hayes, uh, Dylan McGeoch. I don't know how I remember his name. Yeah. Okay, what was Celtic's lowest league position this season? We were not seventh at one point. Oh, God, I hope not. I'd say third. I was say fourth. We were sixth. Six. After, oh. after match day four. Aye. Which we after the postponements and stuff. Aye. Okay. Question seven. Which two Celtic players scored hat tricks in the league this year? Elianusi. Elianusi. Yep. Against Motherwell in the 4 1 game. And Eddie. In the first game of the season. Ed, yeah. Against Hamilton. Makes a lot of sense. Hang on. I know he did it at some point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next question. How many games short of fulfilling their contract were Sky TV? Five. Um, Seven. Seven. Three. It was four. The four Edinburgh derbies that they missed out on. 
Oh. So they chose not to replace those Edinburgh derbies with St Mirren versus Livingston. They also yeah. did the thing where they smashed out when there was no English football on. Head start, yeah. They got a good head start and then did absolute fuck all during the middle of the season. Yeah, there's lost interest. But that was because as well with no crowds in England, they really spread those games out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it was like there was like one or two games on at three PM on a Saturday in England. They really stretched it out. So that kind of killed us as well. Mm. Okay, next question: How many top flight teams wore Adidas last season? Mm. Okay, right. so Aberdeen, right, us, us and Selling. Aberdeen, and Hamilton, Hamilton were Adidas as well. Aye, aye, they do. It's the same template as, as Yamaga, my local team. All right, go on then. I'm going to say three. You guys nailed it. That's, you named the three uh, as well. I would never have got that. Fair play, guys. Well done. And final question. How many managers were sacked during this season? Uh, top flight. Top flight. Sacked Four. or left the club? But sacked. Actually, actually sacked. Okay. Actually sacked then. Um, yeah, I'll say three. Uh, I'll say four. It was one. Oh. Stuart Kettlewell of Ross County. Uh, there was three resigned. That was Gary oh. Holt, Stuart Robinson, and Neil Lennon. Oh. Resigned. Oh, uh, got the boot. Uh, he was listed on Wikipedia as resigned. Fair enough. Well, there you go. I was uh, wrong. And two mutual consents, uh, Alex Dyer and Derek McInnes. Mm. So... I, again, I agree with you, Lennon. Like, not, I, were any of those resignations actual resignations? Maybe Holt, but the other two certainly not. It was more of a face-saving exercise, I reckon. Yep. Um, I mean, you can judge it, see who's in a higher-paying job in six months' time, and you know which one of them's a resignation. <laughs> you know? Well, none of them at the moment. They're all unemployed. Exactly. A resignation you would think would be a, a, a career wise step up, you know. That's mm-hmm. uh, now, John, you had something you wanted to you think you looked at, yeah. Um, so look, I, I um, just some interesting stats from this season. Now, I don't know how you guys feel about stats, but they can be a little bit dry. So, I'll just pick I've just picked out ones that I found the most interesting, um, and we'll. Have a wee guess to see what it is, and just let you know what it is. All right. So, I think the first interesting one is um, matches in which Celtic and our opponents have scored. What percentage of games would you guess? Um, both teams to score. Both teams have scored. Yes. Sixty-sixty-seven percent. Oh, and in a normal season, I'd be saying like 15, but uh, for mm. this season, I'll go with. Wait, what? Hold on, this has to be divisible by 38, so let me see. Um, yeah, just a percentage ish. Do you know what I mean? 72. 62. 60.5%. Okay, well, it's not quite as bad. I thought this was kind of shite, but it's um, almost half of our games, both teams scored 46%. Mm. And. Yeah, that is so shit. Um, what about um, games where um, our opponents haven't scored? As in clean sheet? Mat- matches in, in which um, Celtic has not lost a goal. Clean sheets. 
percentage of games of clean sheets? 35%? 28 percent 38%. 34%. Close. So we're round about um, the same. It's 42%. 42 percent. Forty-two percent of the games did we get clean sheets. Yes, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, so I know we talked about um, our top goal scorer. Who do we think was our second highest goal scorer? I don't know. Yeah, sure. And what's interesting about that is both of them are going to be away. Let's be honest. Edward twenty-two goals this season. El Yunusi nineteen. Both averaging 0.5 goals per game. Um, and we might lose both of them. Um, who's the top scorer that we're expecting to stay? I'm guessing Turnbull. Uh, well, okay. So the next, the next, yeah, Turnbull is our next highest scorer um, with a um, 0.3 goals per game average. So, yeah, that's a big drop between uh, El Yunusi at 19 goals all the way down to Turnbull at nine. So that's a bit of a drop for us. We definitely need to replace that talent. Uh, in the common window. Um, who do you think got the most assists this season for Celtic? Ryan Christie. Yeah, probably Christie because he played the most position, different positions. I'd say El Yunusi. He set up a few. It was Christie. He got 14 <laughs> assists. And then Turnbull was our next highest um, players who provided assists at seven. Again, that's a bit of a drop. I guess, though, Turnbull didn't play as much as Christie did, so that might be... Yeah, when you look at some of Christie's assists, though, it's like when he rolled the ball for Turnbull to smash in that free, indirect free kick, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's very true. <laughs> yeah, so much work. So, I mean, if you stack that up against his 100 shots that he put into Rosehead, I'm not going to give him credit. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. All right. So, on this. Right. So, most shot... Uh, most shots um, for Celtic. Uh, it's without um, any surprise that Edward had the most shots at fifty-seven. Okay, all right. Okay, <laughs> so Edward with fifty-seven shots and he um, had thirty-seven on target. That's not bad stats. So Christie is our next uh, highest uh, shots for Celtic. He had forty-nine shots. How many of those do you believe are on goal? On target, seven. <laughs> uh, I'll be a bit more generous. I'll say eleven. Fourteen. Twenty-two. Less oh. than half. Yeah. Nah, so that's something soccer balls. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That's really, really shit stat for Christie. That's got to be a bit of embarrassment. How many did he score? Uh, he scored. Uh, a grand total of seven goals. That was why I said seven. One seven. seven goals. One in seven. That's less than Fulton Reed from the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Griffin. <Yeah. laughs> yeah, the knuckle pack. <laughs> he had one in five, you know. Christie's only got one in seven. One in seven. In fact, um, Griffiths has the exact same amount of goals this season as Christie did. That says everything, really. That says a lot, right? We'll just leave that. Well, here we go. Here's a bit of a controversial one. Um, I guess some of us know this because we talked about it off air, but who do you think our best goalkeeper was this season? Where do you, William? By what metric? 
No, in, ter- in terms of actual goals conceded, it'd be Barca's probably. No, so, uh, cl- if goals conceded, it'd be Ross Duhan. He didn't concede a single goal. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, good point, actually. Aye. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll um, simplify it. It's most clean sheets. Uh, well, just by the fact he's played the most games, I'm going to say Bain. No, I'm going to say Barca's. I'm going to stick with Barca's. Jared? I'll, I'll refrain from answering because our goalkeepers were shit anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, in fact, Barkas. He had <laughs> a, 11 clean sheets from 22 games. Bain had seven clean sheets from 23 games. Surprised that, Barkas even played that many games. That's, yeah. That's that has to end the debate there, though, between whether Bain is a good enough keeper. Bain's not a number one. Like I've been saying it for years. It's like he's a good backup, but he's not a number one. He's just anyway. not. I don't think anyone has ever said Bain. Up. Yeah, I've never heard anyone say that Bain is a good goalkeeper. So I'm not gonna. Yeah. Yeah. I've never so, heard him described as number one, but I've heard plenty of Celtic goalkeepers described as number twos in the last few years. So you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what do you think? What do you think Hazard's uh, stats are? Clean sheets to games played. How many did he play? Like 10 games? Something like that? Okay, I'll give you that. He had six. He played in six games. Was that it? Jesus. Um, Just six. And he had, he had two clean sheets. Aye. Oh, Aye, two or three. Aye, but yeah. two or three. He had four clean sheets from six oh. games. Get him in. Get him in. Yeah. So, fucking hell. Do you know what I mean? Like, if, if we didn't, didn't want to, you know, go and buy another keeper, there could be a keeper there. Hmm. who knows yep. um, and then lastly without going through every single um, numerical value um, how many uh, who do you think got the most cards this season of any colour um, of any colour uh, Ayer yeah mm. oh, yeah all agreed. It uh, wasn't Kelmack. Kelmack. Okay. Okay. It was uh, Brown. It was Brown. Brown. All right. Well, Brown had ten yellows and one red. Uh, next coming up the rear was Kelmack, uh, uh, and then Duffy. Mm-hmm. For all the games he played. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Those are some of the stats that I thought were uh, most interesting. Uh, I got this from fctables.com. It's a very good website. Give them credit. Um, if you ever want to see any more stats, there's, they do some quite good analysis and stuff. So, yeah, mm. there we go. We'll chuck a couple little bits of news in before we get into our last thing today, which is I just want to get your opinion. Melky Mackay appointed to be appointed Ross County boss. What? Thoughts, everyone? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess they don't have any too many foreign players, so that's good for him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, his chance to be controversial here. Mm. There's a squad of mostly white males. It should be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just suddenly thinking back to the episode of Father Ted. You know, oh, I hear you're a racist now, Father. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Yogi? I thought Yogi was still there. Uh, gone. And the other thing that's just come out. I haven't seen Malcolm McKay's better than Yogi. Come on. 
but I know. Um, some other news that's just come out in the last 20 minutes is Celtic offer fans a £50 voucher as they freeze season ticket prices for 2021-2022 season. Oh, fuck off. I'm sorry, but just fuck right off. Seriously. That, that was also my feeling. Ah. <laughs> yep. um, I mean, Jesus. I'm not getting £50, so I don't really... Yeah. Fifty pound vouchers for merchandise as part of the two point four. That won't mm-hmm. even get you one top. Yep. Yeah, it'll get you one top. Fucking hell. Yeah, what so why didn't they should have given a everybody a top out? Yeah. They're gonna have lots left over. Give them all the old uh, new balance stuff that's just sitting there. <laughs> yeah, that's lady. Yeah. So that's that's what they've offered. Piss poor. So yeah, I just thought I'd quickly touch on that one because Liam gave the the response. I think pretty much every Celtic fan is thinking after that one. You know, yeah. I'm going I'm, I'm to elaborate a wee bit here if you don't mind. You know that as well as studying Japanese, I like to watch my history documentaries, right? Watched a documentary the other day about ancient Rome and they had an interesting way of dealing with adulterers. Well, there we go. Do? Well, they oh, do, bear, bear with me on this one. Bear with me on this one. Oh, yeah. So you know what they would do? You'd be dra- you'd be dragged into the into the Roman Forum in front of like twenty or thirty thousand people, and the husband of the of the the wife that you had had your way with had two had two options. He could either stick a raw vegetable up your arse, or he could have his way with you. Gentlemen, if I was on my hands and knees in ancient Rome right now, getting a vigorous bumming from biggest dickers himself, I would still feel like I'm getting a better deal than the bloody Celtic supporters are getting this season. <laughs> Fucking hell. What That's how I feel about this. <laughs> that is the most U-turn of a tangent we've ever had in this podcast. Um, oh, when in Rome, as he say. That is... When that well, wow, wow. 179.9 degrees. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just trying to think of who's the most unfortunate person I saw or read about this week, and it was that poor bugger in the Roman Forum, so I thought I'll compare him to this situation. Quite literally. Quite literally, <laughs> a poor bugger. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could have said something about something topical about, you know, the UK's entry to the Eurovision or something, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but you had to go to Saudi me. I know where your mind's at. Really. <laughs> uh, oh well, as the, as the Romans said, it's not gay if you're doing it to them. Anyway, when in, <laughs> when in Rome. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear, yeah. Twelve months ago, it would have been when in Rome beat Lazio, but you know, Liam's just made it <laughs> a lot worse. Yeah. Well, no, you know, I'll be honest, I enjoyed the Lazio game more than I did that documentary, but, you know. <laughs> of course. All right, um, changing topics then. we got <laughs> the last thing to review, which is in pre-season, we did some fearless predictions on what we thought, a bunch of topics on how we thought the season would end up. Let's just say, I think the name of the episode is These didn't. This Didn't Age Well. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we'll just go through. I'll start off with some ra- with some random ones here. Okay, so we had bold predictions. 
I said that Hearts won't win the championship. John said that we would score 100 plus points, win the league at home against Sevco in March. Liam said Dundee United top six, Aberdeen to finish second. Anthony said that Stevie G will walk. And Sean said that Sevco will enter administration by January. <laughs> we were all wrong. We were so fucking far off. Oh, dude. CBG is going to get invited to a few walks in July, I think. So yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the next one was the best place non-Glasgow team. I had Motherwell. No John said Gibbs. Congratulations, yeah. sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Liam had Aberdeen. Anthony had Aberdeen. And Sean, congratulations with Hibs. Ding, 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 ding. Relegation, me, oh. St. Johnson, John, Hamilton, yes, ding, 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 Liam, Ross County, Anthony, Ross County, Sean, St. Johnson. So did that, did that say relegation? I meant cup double, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> A minor oversight there. Yeah, you know, they spelled the same. Yeah. <laughs> Top scorer, me, Afalabi. <laughs> John said, Eddie. Ding, hey, ding. Right. Is it three in a row? What the fuck? I fucking yeah. killed it. <laughs> <laughs> Everything Liam. but who's going to win? Liam said, Griffiths. Anthony oh, said, fuck. Eddie. And Sean said, Griffiths and Doidge. <laughs> Double wrong. Player of the year. I said, Stevie Mallon. He didn't even finish the season. <laughs> in Turkey somewhere now, I think. No, he played in the cup final. What's that? Oh, no, sorry. That was new. Sorry, I was thinking of new. Sorry. John said player of the year was Bruni. Liam mm. was Anthony's player of the year was Alanusi. And Sean's was Alanusi. Yeah. We weren't even right within the club. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> Young player of the year. Me, Frimpong. John, Karamoko. Everyone else, Frimpong. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, and even, anyway, if he, even if he stayed, he wouldn't have won it. So. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. And now uh, for the last ones, most red cards. Let's just say we all did ourselves a mischief here because I had McKenna, who left it pretty, pretty early in the season. Sean had Jack at Rangers. How many red cards did they have for the season? Nope. None. And then John, Liam, and Anthony all said Kent. Hmm. Yeah. Wishful thinking. So, John, congratulations. You won the Fearless Predictions for this season. I don't think I want to win the Fearless Predictions. (laughs) It's terrible. Absolutely terrible. That did not age well, and... Yeah, we'll still do it for next season. Yeah. To be fair, to be fair, Kent just has a face that says the defendant, doesn't he? I mean, come on. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> Would not look out of place at a, a football hooligan rally or a C eighteen group, you know, just you could just yeah. picture him there getting arrested for a fray, you know. Mm-hmm. Nothing's probably blend right in the George Square crowd. There you go. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, the Royal Rumble. <sighs> All right. So with that there, unless you boys have got anything else you want to add, I think that's a nice bit of closure for us for the 2020-2021 season. Can I just add one wee thing before we go? Um, sorry. Uh, some some Huns out there thought it was funny to jump on those predictions of ours and make a few wee tweets about them and have a wee go at us. Did they? One, yeah. I know I'm amazed that many of them can spell, but there you go. Um, <laughs> one, one, of, one of them that was actually almost bordering on literate um, tagged me and said that uh, and accused me of hubris because I predicted that Celtic were going to win the league this season. Let me just tell you, son, hubris does not mean what you think it means. <laughs> hubris is not the assumption that because you've been winning for years, you're going to keep winning. That is complacency, right? Hubris is thinking that you are the finished article because you've won one trophy out of 33 fucking attempts. You, son, are guilty of hubris. So get it right up you because next season Celtic will be back. Thank you. And good night. Yeah, I'm not going to put any sound bites out like that. I'm just going to let you use <laughs> yeah. it. No, no, uh, so that's uh, <laughs> at Liam down under on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> next season, Liam will be getting a transfer to the Roman Forum. And <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll just end the season. With this soundbite that you did earlier in the season, Sean. Robbie. Yes. <laughs> so everyone, hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll be back next week with another one, hopefully looking forward to the Euros and also hopefully we've got our manager appointed by then. Until then, hail, hail. Hail, hail. hail, hail.